Thanks very much indeed. Well, I wonder what's the most important thing to you right now. Uh, That might seem a daft question in a week which may well determine our country's future for many decades to come. Now, I don't want for a minute to underestimate the importance and indeed the complexity of decisions surrounding our relationship with the EU. And I do want to assure you that uh, I and many others are praying for you and for your colleagues as you grapple with these issues. But you'll be glad to hear that I don't plan to mention it either this week or next week when I speak. Uh, Not because it's not important, but because it's not the most important thing that I could talk about. Now see what the Apostle Paul says there at the start of verse 3, at the bottom of the sheets. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. And I want to do the same today. Notice verses 1 and 2 that Paul is reminding the Corinthian church about the gospel that he had preached to them just a few years earlier. That word gospel there in verse 1 literally means good news. I'm so glad you're here today, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, or not quite sure, I've got good news for you today. Uh, We could all do with some good news right now, couldn't we? And that good news is about Jesus. Uh, Verses 3 to 5 contain what is probably the very earliest Christian creed, dating back to within 15 years of Christ himself. Uh, Don't let anyone kid you that Christian doctrine somehow developed over several hundred years. Sure, the early church grappled with important truths, but the key foundations were in place very early indeed. Well, this good news begins with the death of Jesus. Do you see how verse 3 continues? For what I received I passed on to you of, as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. I want us to focus just for a few minutes on that verse 3 and to get hold of three things about Christ's death. It's central, it's penal, and it's scriptural. First, Christ's death is central. Notice again how in verse 3 Paul 
delivered to the Corinthians what was of first importance. The most important thing he could tell them about. And that was not the birth of Jesus, nor indeed the life of Jesus. No, verse 3, the thing of first importance is that Christ died. I just finished uh, reading Andrew Lowney's book, The Mount Battens. Um, It's a sad story in in all sorts of ways. And in his 400-page book, there are just a few pages given over to Lady Mountbatten's death in Borneo and then Lord Mountbatten's death 20 years later, blown up in Ireland. But if you've ever read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, you'll know that that is so different to how much time they spent on the death of Jesus. One third of the gospel accounts focus just on his last week because the death of Jesus is central. It's of first importance. And that's why the symbol of Christianity is a cross. It's not a heart. It's not a dove. It's not a book. It's not an Easter egg, but a cross. It's not a six-pointed star. It's not a crescent moon. It's not a wheel. It's a cross. I wonder if you've ever stopped to to realize just what a a strange and indeed gruesome thing that is to have that as the symbol of your faith. A modern-day equivalent would be a gallows or an electric chair because like them, the cross was an instrument of execution. If you're new to Christian things, can I say how welcome you are And I'd love you to see that you'll never understand Christianity until you understand the cross. Until you grasp why it is that Jesus died. Why it is that the cross is central. And for those of us who who are Christians, I'd want us to remember that the cross is the centre of gravity of our faith. Let's never tire of praising God for giving his son to die for us. Let's never become weary of hearing the old, old story of Jesus' death. When we're speaking to others about our faith, we want to zero in on the cross. Christ's death is central. But why? It's because his death was penal, by which I mean it was a punishment. And that brings us to the second thing I want us to notice from verse 3, that Christ's death is penal. Look at the middle of that verse. Christ died, that's the fact, for our sins. That's the explanation. So to understand why Jesus died, we need to see first that he died for sins. I don't know what you make of that word sin, but the Bible says that all of us have done it, or thought it, or felt it. Uh, All of us have done things which are contrary to what God wants. And the Bible says that those sins have consequences. Now that's pretty obvious, isn't it? We see the, the mess the world is in, maybe the mess our lives are in. But of course those consequences aren't just seen in our human relationships. Whether we believe in God or not, 
it also impacts our relationship with him. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Uh, Death now, as we're cut off from the God of life and love. Uh, Death forever, as we're cut off from him eternally. Uh, Extinction because of our rebellion. And until we feel that bad news, that I am a sinner who deserves death, we will never feel the good news that we read here. The good news that Christ died for our sins. Do you know, when we read the Gospels, we we see that Jesus had no sin. His friends who spent three years with him, watching him closely, concluded that in him was no sin, no deceit in his mouth. Now, you don't have to spend three hours with me to realise that that is not the case in my life. So when Jesus died on the cross, he wasn't being punished for his sins. He had none. No, he was dying for my sins, for I have many. And wonderfully, he was dying for all the sins of all the people who would put their trust in him. Do we see then how his death was penal? Dying for sinners instead of sinners, taking the punishment I deserve so that wonderfully I need never receive it myself. Now here's the difficulty. Uh, There might be some here today who who don't really connect with this. Uh, And that's because they have no real sense of their own sin or the fact that they deserve God's punishment for it. Well, if that's you, can I ask you to consider this? I think deep down we all know that we're not the people that we ought to be. I think deep down we all know that we need forgiveness. Marganita Lasky was one of the best known secular humanists and novelists. And not long before she died, in a moment of surprising honesty on TV, she said, What I envy most about you Christians is your forgiveness. I have nobody to forgive me. She hadn't grasped this wonderful truth that Christ died for our sins. And I'd love you to grasp it today. There'll be others here who've heard this all before. And the danger for us is that either we begin to get bored by this central truth that Christ died for our sins, or we begin to listen to those voices that kind of hate this theology and we begin to wonder if in fact they might be right. Now unless you're familiar with um, debates about uh, the atonement, you might be surprised to discover that there are people who oppose the truth that I've just explained, the truth that Jesus' death was penal. Uh, Some of those opponents Um, have written books and have got PhDs, others may wear a purple shirt. And they will say that believing in penal substitution is actually very dangerous. It kind of causes hatred and bigotry and abuse. I mean, isn't this kind of cosmic child abuse? You know, uh, an angry father punishing his son? Um, Isn't this kind of talk of retributive justice um, uh, an endorsement to justify hatred and xenophobia and all manner of things? Now, maybe you've come across objections like that. If you haven't, you probably will. 
Well, it has to be said that we haven't always helped ourselves in the way we've explained the cross. And so often in a healthy desire to put things simply, we've often illustrated things badly. So sometimes we can have almost turned the most famous verse in the Bible. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son into for God so hated the world that he killed his only son. Too often we've not been theologically aware as we've explained the cross. We've ignored the doctrine of the Trinity and therefore failed to show that Jesus, God the Son, went willingly to his death, not uh, because he was forced to by an angry father So I'd love us to hold on to this truth, that at the cross, Jesus is dying for our sins. That is not one of many models of the atonement, it is the central one. Hold on to this truth, that Jesus' death was penal. Uh, That doesn't justify violence or abuse. The cross is not cosmic child abuse. And I'd love you to believe this, not because I'm saying it, but because the Bible teaches it. Here we are, only 15 years after Christ's death. And Paul can explain it in five simple words. Christ died for our sins. And if we're still not convinced by that, I hope we will be by the third thing I want us to see from verse 3. That Christ's death is scriptural. Here's where we need to look on to the end of the verse. Just notice that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Uh, We'll see the same thing next week when we look at verse 4, that Christ was raised according to the scriptures. Now, of course, for Paul, the scriptures were the Old Testament. So do you see what he's saying here? The the death of Jesus, it, it didn't just come out of nowhere. It didn't just happen. No, it had been long promised long prepared for. And so if we want to understand the true meaning of the death of Jesus, we need to go back to the 39 books of the Old Testament. When Paul says, according to the scriptures, I think he has specific Old Testament passages in mind. You might want to read later, Isaiah 53 is just one of them. But he also has in mind the whole sweep of the Old Testament. All the types, all the shadows, all the theology. And what's at the heart of that theology? It's penal substitution. So think of the Passover lamb that died for the people of Israel at the time of the exodus from Egypt. Think of the sacrificial system interwoven into the Old Testament. An animal dying for the sins of the people instead of the people. All of this to get us ready for the time when a perfect person, the Son of God, would do that perfectly, finally, forever. So what you and I believe about the death of Jesus must be what the scriptures teach about the cross. And they teach this good news, that Christ died for our sins, that he died to save us. Do you see, Christ's death is central 
and it's penal because it is scriptural. So if we meet people who are confused about the meaning of the cross, let's open up the Bible with them. See what the Bible teaches. Let's show them from the scriptures what those words mean. That Christ died for our sins. And we do this, of course, not to score points or win arguments, but because this truth is so precious to us Christians. It's our only hope. You see, without the death of Jesus, there can be no forgiveness for our sins. Without the death of Jesus, we ourselves must face the death our sins deserve. And the great news of the gospel is that Christ can save us from our sins because he died for our sins. Every year at the FA Cup final, they play the hymn, Abide With Me. And there are a couple of lines in that hymn, which uh, I love especially. It says, Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Well, you don't need me to tell you, there's plenty of gloom in our world right now. And today, I've done my best to hold up the cross to us. And I'm praying that the beauty and the glory and the love of that cross would shine through the gloom and show us how good our great God is. And whether for the first time or for the 5,000th time, that we would look to that cross. We would trust it, depend on it, love it, stick with it. It is, friends, our only hope. How do we know that God loves the world? We look at the cross. How do we know what God's love looks like? We look at the cross. As on the cross, God gave his only son as a sacrifice for a sinful world in full tilt rebellion against him. Christ died for our sins. That's why he's best. And that's why his death is central, it's penal, and it's scriptural. 